It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Friday edition of Lockdown Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Today, we got an awesome show. It's the Friday edition. We made it through the week. Three shows this week. We're going to continue that program over the next couple weeks as we lead up into our NFC big crossover series with all the hosts out here in the NFC West and kind of recap where we have been since the Super Bowl, our last conversation. But today, really excited. We got Ryan Dirude of the Believe Podcast Network and the LAFB Network. So let's welcome him into the show. Ryan, how you doing, my man? Doing great, Brad. Doing great. Thanks again for having me. I always love talking uh, Rams football and all the stuff you guys do over there at Locked On. Well, that is why I keep calling you back, Ryan, because we appreciate you coming on here, having that football talk. Uh, You put up always some great articles and podcasts, and we're going to kind of go through some of that today. So we're going to do a little bit deeper dive into the offensive weapons. We talked yesterday about the wide receiving core and uh, maybe some of the lack of depth there. But there's a couple guys that I feel like we're overlooking, and that's me included. I keep kind of knocking these guys, maybe not personally right to them, but overlooking them in a sense of as far as a breakout year. So we're going to talk about a couple of those guys that could step up for the Rams on the offense side of the ball, as well as we're going to look at maybe another guy that could step on the offense side of the ball. That is typically a monster on the defense side of the ball. That's Aaron Donald put up a video. We're going to talk about him and the thoughts of what it would look like of him playing on the offense side of the ball. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? And then we're going to recap. You did a really cool thing the other day where you had a bunch of guys in the LA media get together and you kind of redrafted uh, the NFL. So I want to talk a little bit more about the project that you did and here are some of the outcomes and some of the things that surprised you. So we've got a really fun show uh, as well as a couple other topics that will hit along the way. Uh, But with all that, let's just jump right into it uh, and get started talking about this offense. Yesterday, as I mentioned, we talked with Jake Ellenbogen. and we're talking about the wide receiver position. And of course we know Cooper cup. We know Robert Woods, Uh, Tyler Higby ended really strong. Uh, and then there starts to be some question marks. And there's a couple guys that are still around. Um, and you wrote an article that I wanted to kind of pick your brain on and hear your thoughts because some of those guys that I overlooked that I talked about a little bit earlier, Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, guys that have been around, even Gerald Everett was the first pick in the Sean McVay era, really high expectations on him, off and on injury. He has some good games and he kind of disappears. Uh, Josh Reynolds has been a good fill-in. But as a starter, haven't really seen the production that maybe we wanted from him. Uh, but when you took a look at these two guys, talk to me a little bit about what you see as far as maybe a potential breakout in 2020. Yeah, well, first I'll start with uh, Gerald Everett because he's been kind of my guy since they drafted. And both these guys were drafted in the same draft, actually, I, I think Everett or Reynolds was a year later, but um, Everett's a guy that I've been waiting to break out since he came on kind of just, you know, a freak out of a small Alabama school, super athletic, kind of plays more like a receiver as far as size and speed um, or as far as speed, I guess, but has more of the size of a tight end. And we've seen, you mentioned it, Brad, we've seen glimpses, especially in that you know, primetime Kansas City Monday night game when he had the game yeah. winner uh, from Jared Goff there. He does stuff like that, and then other games he'll completely disappear. So it, it kind of comes down to 
is it him getting kind of schemed out of the offense and not involved or is it actually his skill set his you know I know there's been questions about his route running or even his ability to learn the full playbook um, but it's a guy that I I still believe in I think he has such unbelievable tools I remember watching his first training camp when they were down at Irvine. I mean, they've been there every year, but his first one and watching him right. run routes across the middle and just thinking, dude, this, there's something special about this guy, just the talent level, the physical, the physicality he has. And so we've seen that in certain games and he'll have games, we'll have seven, eight catches. Then he has games where he has zero. So, so he's a guy that I, I really think is still going to break out. I've been saying it every year, just waiting for it to happen. Um, and I think though, it will come down to how, Sean McVay schemes him. And if they do a lot more 12 personnel this year, which I was pounding the table for them to do last year, we saw them start doing it more throughout the year. And obviously that's where we saw Tyler Higby really explode. But if they do more right. 12 personnel with both these back, both these tight ends on the field, we can maybe see, um, you know, Everett get streamlined a little more. Now talking about Josh Reynolds, to me, he's a guy, he's a, he's a very good situational receiver. I know fans, always pound the table for him as soon as there's an injury. Okay, it's time for Josh Reynolds to step up. We'll <laughs> right. to see what Josh Reynolds can do. And we kind of see the same thing. Like he's a guy that can come in. He's going to get you a, a couple good catches across the middle when needed. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. But I, that's what he is, in my opinion. He's a fourth-round pick. I don't think he's going to be their third receiver. That's why they drafted Van Jefferson this year out of Florida to kind of take that third receiver role. Reynolds is a good four or five guy that just comes in when needed situationally, and that's nothing against him. Um, but you know, when the article that we were highlighting at LAFB network was, you know, they're going to have a lot of contract question marks, just like this off season, they'll have it again next off season, be up against the cap. The cap might even be down a little bit uh, next year because of all this coronavirus stuff. And so they're going to have some hard decisions to make. And so if it comes down to these two players, who do you keep? Who do you let go? For me, you keep Gerald Everett. You let Josh Reynolds go. Both guys though are great. I think they have good roles in the offense. Um, I just think Everett has a higher ceiling and a little higher um, skill set that can be valuable down the line. Yeah, and, and that is the interesting point, right? Coming into the end of both their you know contracts with the Rams and uh, Everett, who you keep saying is going to be the breakout guy. I think a lot of us are right behind you, going, yeah, like it just everything seems to be there. It just doesn't come on a consistent basis. But you also yeah. could have said that about Tyler Higby until the last really five games of the season last year was like waiting mm -hmm. for that. And then you start to get that idea of, okay, well, if the Rams do go 12 personnel and, you know, even jokes that you've heard of maybe 13 personnel with the way that they drafted with uh, Bryson Hopkins coming mm -hmm. in. And you look at that pick too, and it starts to get you thinking, hmm, are they already thinking? And, and you saw this at the offense line position in the last couple of years where they were drafting players maybe a little bit earlier than they needed or at the time, because we had some guys there. Uh, that that was the plan to put in some, you know, potential picks that earlier to develop them, that Bryson Hopkins maybe is the long-term solution there. Uh, but lots of different interesting ways that the Rams can go about it, and I'm with you, is uh, it could be really a good thing, bad thing, because if either one of these guys break out, as you mentioned, coming to the end of their, you know, um, contract here is one that most likely makes them a little bit more expensive to keep or a little bit more valuable if they do try to uh, do a sign in trade or any type of, you know, just straight out releasing them. And then we, you know, get a compensation pick back. But uh, those two guys, I mean, especially as we've looked at injuries in the last year, the Rams really suffered with that. And even, you know, Cooper Cup has missed some games and Robert Woods. And obviously we know about Brandon Cooks before he left that the depth of those two positions, you got to feel good at least about those guys in the background hanging around. They may not be the best players to, ha you know, as far as long term building your team around them. But the depth at those two positions, 
uh, especially at the wide receiver position that I was questioning yesterday. I always feel like I forget about Josh Reynolds and how they can contribute to the offense. Yeah, absolutely. And and you kind of mentioned something too about like a sign and trade or something like that. And to me, if, if you're Everett is the player that'd be easier to move just because the tight end position is changing so much in the NFL today. So if he's a guy you can get involved early with the thought of, Hey, we're coming. It's going to be, I know you coaches don't think this way. Obviously you're winning. Now you want to go to the super bowl. You're, you want to put the best product forward. But if you're putting your GM glasses on, you say, okay, if we can get ever going early and have the possibility of maybe, maybe through the season, we drafted Bryson Hopkins. We like what he brings. Everett's had a really good first four or five games. We get to the trade deadline. Now maybe we can move him. We don't have to worry about resigning. We bring on either just a draft pick, shed some cap relief. Cause to me, Josh Reynolds, the type of receiver he is, is he's very, you know, not, there's nothing against him. He's a very good player. But he, it's a dime a dozen. You can find a receiver like him on the free agent market, even probably still to this day sitting out there. So to me, if ever they can get going early, he's a guy they could even move and maybe not have to have this tough conversation come next March or so. I don't want to see that because I love Everett. I want to be on this team, but just another little food for thought there. I like his food for thought, and I've been I've been right on that same menu for a long time because I keep trying to trade Gerald Everett, and I've gotten people saying, why do you keep trying to trade this man? I'm like, well, I see value there. Like you said, <laughs> like if he does put together some good games that we can get some value, especially for the Rams. We've seen a lot of really heavy contracts and then, you know, you're releasing guys and sitting stuck on some money. This is a guy that you could probably actually get some net positive things out of him. If that is the direction you want to go, especially with drafting. So uh, we'll see how they go. Cause at the end of the day, I think me and you, if we could really pick, it's like, Hey, why don't we just have two awesome tight ends? And you look at the days back when uh, the Patriots had Hernandez and, uh, Gronk going at it and you see that that system can work when you got a couple dominant tight ends that can get it done that uh, that would be a really good plan for the Rams as well so at the end of the day you just want to mm-hmm. see these guys do well but those two guys in particular Josh Reynolds Gerald Everett kind of a big year for them depending on production opportunity uh, for whether they remain with the Rams or go elsewhere so hopefully that little chip on the shoulder as I keep trying to trade Gerald Everett. Maybe here's one of these podcasts. He's like, I'm going to prove this stupid host wrong and I'm going to go out and tear it up. So, hey, I'd be happy yeah. with that too. But um, up next, I want to talk a little bit about, as we're talking this offensive weapons, look at another guy, especially on the defense side of the ball, that recently is kind of making some noise about stepping over. We'll look at Aaron Donald making a splash on the offense in 2020. But before we get there, we're also going to take a look at how you can get prepared for the 2020 season when it comes to your car. One reason to repair your car and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for more important things down the road like mortgage and food. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto part at a chain store or a new car dealership? Instead, check out rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, and price you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com and see all parts available for your truck or car. Write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. 
From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So if you haven't seen by now, Aaron Donald has created a YouTube channel, which is awesome. I highly recommend you guys going and checking it out because one of the things for me, Uh, That's been awesome is seeing him a little bit more as a human off the field. We know what he's like on the field. We know the work ethic. We know he can put up weight in the gym. Uh, But just seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff as him as just a a human has really been cool. And he posted this video that I talked a little about earlier and kind of teased because I've been waiting to have this conversation with someone I thought would be fun to have this with. And here we are on a Friday and thought this would be perfect because he posted a video of uh, basically hanging out by the pool. If you haven't seen it, I'll walk you through it a little bit. And I, I don't know if it was sister or someone in his family uh, was kind of playing the quarterback, and he said, send this to the Rams. And and they say hike, and he jumps in the pool, catches the football, gets up. Uh, and he had said later, I think earlier in this offseason, uh, during an interview, that he's been in coach's ear for the past couple of seasons about getting on the offense side of the ball. So with that all being said, what are your thoughts as an AD package on offense? Good idea? Bad idea? Something you want to see? Well, it's, I think it's a fantastic idea, but before I even get to that, I love, you mentioned the YouTube channel. I love these and sorry, this is like probably way off topic and way off your, your question, but all, you know, building, you probably know the same thing, building our brand. You know, you, you listen to these marketing gurus and these talent agencies and, and what they're really pushing right now is for these players to really think about their brand and their life after football. So now we're seeing all these players really owning that, building their brand, doing social media stuff, doing meet and greets and not just solely focusing on football. So it's fun to see guys like Aaron Donald get to know him better. You get to watch his YouTube channel. Sean McVay has been on different YouTube channels doing like push-up challenges and and stuff like that. So anyway, I I just think that's especially for Yeah, and to add to that, for AD, I mean, this is a guy who is, you know, the past handful of years is one, two, or three as far as the best players in football and usually yeah. you get those quarterbacks like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. They're on the cover of EA, you know, Madden and all that. And so mm-hmm. for him to get an opportunity, because I think a lot of people in the country are going, is this guy really one of the top five guys in football? And you're like, well, yeah, but they don't know yeah. him. They don't have a chance to be branded by him. So he's put a lot of work in this offseason as far as it's, it looks like he's hired a media team. He's on the YouTube channel and he's really opening up, which is going to help, you know, like he needs extra dollars, but help some extra dollars in his pocket, which allows him to go and give back like he did in Pittsburgh and donate all the money mm-hmm. and really help out during all this Corona stuff. So it is, I totally agree with you seeing some of these athletes that we don't know as well that are top in their sport, like Aaron Donald. But unfortunately, these guys also wear helmets all the time. So no one really knows who half these players are unless you're, you know, nerds like me and you and and hopefully some of our listeners that are going deep diving into this stuff. So totally agree with that. And it's fun to see it as it kind of develops throughout. So I'll let you go back, but I want to kind of add that in because that was a really good point. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. It just, yeah, it puts them in front of the fan, the casual fan, as you will, um, especially a defensive tackle. It's hard to really, even though you are the greatest player, arguably, in the game, it's still hard to build your brand when you're not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes who exactly, gets tons of yeah. airtime. So, so cool to see that. But man, as a offensive package, I when I played high school ball, we had a package, we called it the Rhino package. I'm sure it's been used elsewhere, but our middle linebacker who was basically a bowling ball, he was shorter, he was like 5'8", <laughs> five, 5'9", five, which is why he didn't play D1 college, but the guy had tree trunks as legs, tree trunks as arms. He averaged like 100 tackles a season in high school. So good. His name, I'll, I'll shout his name. His name was Dan Ronick. The guy was a beast. But we had the Rhino package where he lined up, we had two fullbacks and then our running back behind the too and it was an automatic if you're within five yards it was an automatic touchdown so can you imagine the rams doing that even throwing like a tyler higby and an aaron donald guarding for cam Akers to to go in or, or even have aaron donald just get the handoff i don't know how it's a bad situation at all i know there's people saying well what about if he gets injured you'd hate to see your best player get injured on offensive play maybe i'm naive I don't think Aaron Donald's getting injured on a five-yard running play into the goal line. I'm sorry. If he's barreling his head down, he's taking out whoever's in front of him. I don't think some guy, unless they're diving strictly at his ankles, which is probably the only way to take him out, I don't really think the cause for injury would be much concern for me. So for me, I love it. I think it'd be so much fun, and it's almost an automatic touchdown 90% of the time. What, what, would, you <laughs> name, what would you name the package if they did it? That is, that's an awesome question. And you could have tons of fun with that. I'd almost, cause I'm old school, grew up in, uh, you know, the Chicago area. And one of the things that I think about the first guy I remember doing this is refrigerator Perry. Right. So I would, oh, yeah. I would almost nickname it after it and be the fridge package, bring them in, bring in the big guy. And it's kind of been the trend in, you know, the past handful of, of years is getting this 300 pound plus guy and 80 not over the 300 mark, but you know, getting that big old guy and giving him an opportunity because they're tough. You can even go back to maybe a more similar comparison would be JJ Watt was catching some touchdowns for a while mm -hmm. when he was in his healthier days. Uh, but you're right. Getting a guy in there, but there is the, the, the grandpa in me in the background about like, watch his knees. Like I am a little mm -hmm. worried of our big contract guy, our best player in the NFL. And you put him over there when you got three running backs, if you're in a goal line type of package, like Malcolm Brown can be the bowling ball too, but uh, it mm -hmm. is a fun concept to kind of think just in there or even as a distraction, but I would hate to see a play. And I kind of go back to this play in specific is that Carson Wentz play in LA where he was diving for the mm -hmm. end zone. Someone gets his knee. It's a really a, a bang, bang. It's not going to happen a lot. It's a, it's a random injury. Uh, but if that did happen and then to think, you know, the critici criticism that Sean McVay would have to deal with oh, after, man. um, and it is like the risk reward. Is it worth it? Is, is, is it something that another player couldn't do? Maybe that's where my argument is against it. But the selfish little kid, the Madden player in me, that's like, yeah, dude, I want to see number 99 back there toting the rock or, or uh, you know, doing you know a, a jump pass into the end zone to somebody, maybe a fake dive jump pass or you know whatever it may be. I'm all for it. I want to see the big man celebrate in the end zone. Uh, he's he's definitely deserved his right for what he's done for this team over the long period of time, but. Uh, there is a couple questions there, but I'm with you. I think it would be exciting to see. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that would be, yeah. we'll see. We'll see if Sean McVay, he's now got uh, running backs with Cam Akers that can throw the ball that, you know, people have been, you know, saying, well, let's see Cam Akers throw the ball. And now we're asking for 80 to run the ball at the end of the day. Let's go back to segment one. Can we get, uh, you know, um, Gerald Everett involved in the red zone? Yeah, a little bit right? more maybe let's start uh, there. But well, and then Brad too, you have the, you kind of have the thought process and the question is, is it a play package you would use 
fourth and goal in the Super Bowl? Or is it a play package you use second and goal, you're up 21 points. And then if you're using it, why the hell are you putting your best player in harm's way? So it kind of is, is this a play package that we feel confident or is it a gimmick play that, you know, when the Chiefs beat the Broncos on Christmas Eve by 32 years ago and Don Terry Poe threw a jump pass, <laughs> like yes. it was just to pour salt in the wound, which at that point, like, why are we putting our best player out there? So kind of, what would you use the package for? But yeah, as a fan, it certainly would be fun. Actually, really great point at the end there because you're right. Like, is it something even? I mean, look at uh, Philly, Philly, something they saved all the way to the yeah. end. They said they had been practicing that forever. And then it was just this out of the blue, never saw it coming. Or is it something week five and you're having fun and the guys deserve to go have a good laugh and you're up 20? And then you're right. You start to debate is it worth it? Is it not? Or do you save it as this valuable play? But Something to know is at least that the player with Aaron Donald is all for it. He's ready to go. Oh, yeah. He's out there doing his, and it was funny. He's out here doing his moves and making cuts like he's Cooper Cup. And, you know, he's just this big old dude. It was kind of funny to watch. So if you haven't seen the video, go to YouTube, check it out. Because uh, it definitely will get your mind going as far as what else can this guy do? Like, can he go and kick the field goal afterwards too? Like, we don't forget a kicker battle. Get AD out there. It seems like he can do it all. No so, doubt. Um, but that will bring us actually real quick. Let's let's hit this last yeah. topic really quick because we're talking about different players and we'll wrap it up in the next couple of minutes here. But um, general theme of what we talked over the last couple of days has kind of been about, you know, filling holes and what do we need and those type of things. And there's some big name stars out there outside of the free agent world that are still there. But uh, Jamal Adams requesting a trade. There's rumors coming out of Seattle that they may be interested in Antonio Brown and, of course, Colin Kaepernick back in the news and it seems like his door is bigger than ever as far as an opportunity to come back in the NFL just needs somebody to reach out and give him that chance do you see a chance for any of those players being a big fit knowing that the Rams in the past have kind of made those big splash moves yeah I mean to Jamal Adams personally I don't at all just because of the price tag he comes obviously he's demanding a trade partially it was reported yesterday that he has a riff with Adam Gase so that was part of it but then obviously even before that it was contract dispute wanted a big big contract and the Rams just can't do that and you know they have Taylor Rapp they have John Johnson and they're gonna have to resign as well they drafted two yep. safeties in the draft and you know Burgess and uh Jordan Fuller so they, I think they're pretty set at safety even though Jamal Adams you can argue is the best safety in the game and what he could bring to the Rams but you're looking at sacrificing a Jalen Ramsey or someone else in order to make that happen so I don't think they would go that route but a Kaepernick is interesting, and, and we did an article also, not to plug LAFB Network again, but I'll, I'll do it shamelessly. Uh, we did an there article about. Yeah, we did an article about would he be a good fit for the Rams who currently, you know, John Walford is stated, slated as the backup. Obviously, they have, they have two walk-on uh, quarterbacks as well, undrafted free agents. So what would Cap bring? I mean, would he be a good – he'd be coming in as the backup. I, I think there's people that argue he, he could be a starter still, which he could maybe for a, a team like Jacksonville or something like that, but he's not coming into L.A. to take the starting job from Jared Goff. He would come in A to to be a backup, B maybe to be a gimmick player in certain situations, and C to just add more luster to this LA market, this LA brand. Not that the Rams, I don't think, need that with the new stadium, but you know, it's just another draw for more fans. And you could even argue the opposite of losing fans, but I think it would be more positive than negative. Um, so he's a guy I think could potentially um, be on the radar. I know. We talked pre-show about the Chargers, the other LA team, have him on their workout list. He definitely fits an Anthony Lynn 
style of play much more, I think, than what Sean McVay does. Um, but he certainly could play. I mean, they, Sean McVay does a lot of rollout, a lot of play action, which made Kaepernick kind of famous for what he did was the play action there in, in San Francisco and and what he was able to do with his legs and stuff. So he certainly could could be active. So he's a guy I think that would be fun to watch. Uh, one guy I'll just throw out to you that I'm kind of surprised the Rams haven't gone offered is Larry Warford, guard out of New Orleans, who was recently yeah. uh, released, still only 29 years old. Really saw. I know they the Rams seem super confident, super steady with who they have on the offensive line. I'm sure you've talked about it at nauseum. I feel like I've talked about it at nauseum. They seem set there, but a guy at 29 years old with the pedigree he's had, playing for some really good teams, protecting some really good quarterbacks, he's a guy I'm surprised they haven't at least brought in for a workout or or, or continue or at least entertain the idea. And again, it might just be cap issues. I mean, I, they they. Gain some cat back with uh, the Todd Gurley, you know, after June first, um, but they're still pushing pennies to uh, make anything happen. So I'm sure it comes down more to money than than not actually wanting to sign some of these guys. Yeah, I'm glad you said him at the end because we did we did talk, just talked about him yesterday and, and the same things, right? Like he's a definite upgrade right away. But if the Rams have talked for a while about building and developing, then it kind of like messes up the plan that they've been working on for two years and the cap stuff that you talked about. So uh, he's only asking, I think, like $7 million right now. So uh, for the caliber of player he is, yes, he's going to, I think it would be the last year of his deal and you would need to figure out what to do with him next. But as a one-year upgrade, plug and chug and go and, and feel better about your offensive line, I totally would put him near the top of the list. Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, I would have loved him coming around when we had, uh, you know, maybe last year or the year before when we were really struggling at the backup position and we had uh, Mannion around. I mean, that would have been, I mean, that's the time that the Rams really should have done it or had a better fit for him. But now with what we've seen with John Wolford and, and, you know, his development as well as the two young guys that you mentioned coming out as undrafted rookie free agents, I just feel like they just – is good for the Rams to stick with what they've got at this point, but the chargers, as you mentioned about a big play in LA and a better fit in a system and, and actually an opportunity with the young rookie and, um, Oh, who's their starter out there that came from yeah, Cleveland Tyra Taylor. Yes. Yeah, Tyra Taylor. Taylor. And, 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 um, you know, he's had some injuries on and off and even going back to when Baker got his first start. So maybe you actually see a pathway to where he can get into the game and, and, and have some sort of, starting quarterback role or fill in for a handful of weeks while injuries come or before they get their rookie ready. So hopefully he gets a shot. And then really Antonio Brown, I think is just more of a head case and, and, you know, best of luck if, if Seattle takes you, but I'm sure he would be productive, but just the locker room that they built. But the one thing on the other side is I'm always giving two sides to my arguments. There is that the Rams have a great organization. I think no matter who they bring in the building, go back to looking at everyone kind of wrote off Ja'Kai polite, especially the New York jets, really early on and the Rams took him in and had been really happy and they're excited about what he could do in this upcoming yeah. season. So I think they've built an area, a team, a core of leaders that they could take in almost anybody and feel comfortable with it. So those are just a few um, we're going to get over because we're going to talk about something you did uh, over at the Believe Podcast Network and talking about a redraft of the NFL. Uh, you had a bunch of LA media come in and, and I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that and uh, haven't had a chance to listen yet, but we'll talk about that on the other side. What happened? What were some of the big surprises that came out of it? This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fancy Football with your Locked on Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. 
The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. So we're back. we got Ryan Dyrud with us from the Believe Podcast Network. Guys, don't forget to go give him a follow. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Dyrud, L-A-F-B. Uh, always putting up great content from articles, written, and then podcasting, doing it all. That's why we have you back here all the time, chatting some Rams football. Also covers everything else going on in L.A., which is awesome because I know a lot of our listeners are USC people, and uh, you're covering the Chargers to get the whole picture of the, the football market here in L.A., But you had a really cool thing where uh, originally I was going to join you, but we had some family things. I had to step away, but you guys had a bunch of people from the L.A. media. You did a redraft of the NFL. First, kind of talk to me about uh, what you did, how how was it broken down and just kind of the how many rounds you did and just what was the thought process behind kind of doing this? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, I was bummed you were going to join with us. You're always a great mind and a lot of fun, so we were looking forward to that. Obviously, some some life stuff happened, so glad to hear things are better with that. But um, yeah, man, it was you know it was actually I got to give credit to I think it was ESPN that first released an article where they did a redraft, and then Pro Football Focus did one similarly. So I was like, all right, let's do one uh, at LAFB, and we'll just involve a bunch of LA football minds. And so we. Basically, we just did two rounds. We made it simple, just did alphabetical order, snake drafts, you know, starting uh, with the Arizona Cardinals and ending with the Washington Redskins. Then the second round, snake back. So starting with the Redskins, then you go all the way ending with the Cardinals. Uh, We had 12 people involved. So uh, guys from LAFE Network, but then also uh, we had someone from the OC Register, um, someone from a Chargers podcast. Uh, so guys from all over kind of walks of life, but they all covered LA football. And then we all uh, kind of distributed the teams and then uh, just kind of went through team by team, did a draft. And then we went through a podcast, recorded it, kind of talked about each pick and, and uh, just have fun with it. You know, we're in the end of June, the doldrums of the right. off season, you know, no mini camps. So I don't want to say we're clawing for content, but in a sense we are. And it was, it was something at least fun to do and, and fun for us football nerds just to sit around for six hours between two days and just talk about uh, who's a better player than who. Yeah, that's that's the awesome part of where we're at in the season is we are in the quote unquote dead period of the NFL before it picks back up. And uh, we've seen news kind of come out recently that, you know, the whole moving to two preseason games and uh, instead of having rookies come earlier, everyone's going to come at the end of July. So hopefully we get back to where there's some actually solid football content. But this is a fun time for guys like us that really dive into this stuff. And I was talking with Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Rams yesterday and and we were talking about how we could talk about the 18th guy on the practice squad if they allowed it to have that many players, that we would find mm-hmm. a way to figure out a discussion and, you know, should we keep this guy or go to that guy? Uh, so I thought this was really cool. I got a couple follow-up questions with it because I remember I glanced at the one that ESPN did. I saw Aaron Donald went five in that one. Uh, who was the first Ram off the board and, and where was Aaron Donald in all that mix? Yeah, well, so before I even answer that, I gotta I gotta mention Pro Football Focus theirs because it. So I I've been very outspoken. I I cover LA football. 
but I, I, I'm born in Denver, so I'm actually a Bronco fan. I'm, everyone knows that about me, but I think it makes me subjective. So I'm not, I'm not a homer. I'm not a diehard Rams fan that just is going to toot the Rams horn. I give credit where right. credit's due. Pro Football Focus had Aaron Donald going 32nd overall, which is the Oof. biggest biggest load of bull. I, I know it's a quarterback league. They had backup quarterback. They had Jameis Winston. They had all the rookies going before Aaron Donald, which I just found atrocious, unbelievable. So I, I just had to preface that. So in our draft, I'm glad because I, I was mad at five, and let alone in the 30s. That's crazy. 32, the last pick of the first round, unbelievable. So. <laughs> Yeah, in our draft, you probably won't be as happy either because he he went five again as well. Four quarterbacks went before okay. him. Obviously, Mahomes was first, and you had Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, it wasn't huge argument, I don't think. Those are four of the top quarterbacks, and then Donald was the very first Ram, very first non-quarterback to go. So, I, I was pleased to say, see at least no other non-quarterbacks go before him. So, I was, I was happy with that. I think. Yeah, and and I think if you're talking about redrafting NFL teams, you got to think about also uh, it's not like you have a roster of guys, so you're like, oh, well, we'll deal with a lesser quarterback right now. I mean, there is an understanding and there's an argument to say, okay, I want to get my franchise quarterback. I can figure exactly. out the defense later. And But if you're the guy sitting at five and Aaron Donald's there, I think you're pretty happy with your pick regardless. And if you're the guy in PFF and you're sitting at 32 and he drops you, you got to be like, the rest of you guys are crazy. Cool. Especially because that that establishment is so Aaron Donald, pro Aaron Donald, uh, you know, going on and saying that he's above and beyond anybody else in any other category. So that surprises me with them. And I guess as we're talking surprises, was there anything that came out of your two rounds that, you know, either had you scratch your head or didn't see coming? Yeah, a couple. And let me follow up real quick before I even move on to that. So I'm curious. I'm just curious your thoughts. So because we did it as snake, obviously. Aaron Donald going fifth. He went to the Carolina Panthers in this scenario. Obviously, they have to then wait till the fifth to last pick to get their next pick. So the quarterback that fell to them that late was Daniel Jones. So I think, you know, jury's still out. I'm not a huge Daniel Jones guy. But you personally, Brad, would you be happy with that scenario, getting Aaron Donald and then your future franchise quarterback is Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think because that's what you know you're going into as far as your pick five. You know it's got a snake back to you. So you know, especially seeing the first four picks going QB, 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 that the majority of the people behind you are still going to maybe go, I need to get my QB or I need to go get that solid running back or wide receiver, whatever number one position group guy is gone. It goes back to that fantasy football mindset of when you're drafting your team every year. Are you the guy that tries to go get the quarterback or you load up on wide receivers and running backs and you say, I'll deal with whatever quarterback I get down the road. So I think when you have AD, as far as the redraft here, you start to go, well, I got the best player in my mind in football regarding positions, taking away, you know, the quarterback bias and whatnot. And you got your leader of the defense moving forward. You can build around. So now go back. And I'm not the hugest Daniel Jones guy either yet, but I still think there's like, I'm, I have him almost ahead of, um, uh, what's his name out in for the jets, uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold. Uh, which yeah. I know is going to ruffle some feathers. Cause as we talk about, you know, USC and the, the local aspect here, but, um, I just saw more from him in the first season than I saw from Darnold, at least as there, as I compared those two pretty close. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, you don't know, you know, is it, is it something yeah. he's going to develop into, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would have looked at Jared Goss first year and been like, ugh, don't want to touch him ever. And now here he yeah. is a few years later, almost going through that same argument for some people. But um, yeah. yeah, I think there's still a lot to be known and and it's a risk there, but you got to like the high caliber you get with a young guy. At least, you know, you're on that rookie contract and you can build with them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it, it's a good one. That's a great question though, because that's what you have to think about 
when you go full circle, uh, picking a defensive guy when everyone else is going quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So good insight. It'll be interesting to see how jo- Daniel Jones does in year two without Pat Shermer, who uh, was his head coach and now, you know, is a good quarterback guy, moves on to Denver as the OC. And then speaking of Sam Darnold, I won't get into it because it's a whole other conversation. We could talk a whole podcast about it, but man, they just need to get Adam Gase the hell out of New York and get yeah, him a real, yeah, coach. Get him problem, a real right? coach. Get him a real coach and he'll look way better. But but you asked me surprises. I mean, there was there was a few. I think you know, the first running back went nine overall as the guy drafted for the Cowboys. He took Ezekiel Elliott. For me, I'm not a huge running back guy. I think you can do a lot in committees nowadays. And if I, if it was me, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey first. Not, yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah. Probably Saquon yeah. Barkley. Yeah, I'm taking probably Saquon Barkley above Zeke. So I was a little surprised by that. And then um, the other probably biggest surprise, and we ended up making the guy change his pick because it was just too a little too <laughs> ludicrous. But when the Philadelphia Eagles came on the clock, I think it was pick 22 or 23, the guy drafted Kareem Hunt. Um, and all of us were like, whoa, 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 Kareem Hunt. He's like, you know, backup. You're not going to at least take Nick Chubb, who's above him. So he ended up changing yeah. his pick to – we, we gave him the opportunity to change his pick. He ended up going Josh Jacobs, which to me, again, still a little early for him, a running back of his caliber. But um, so it was fun, man, just being kind of, we're all in this big chat, just kind of, you know, joshing each other and going back and forth and giving each other crap. And, and we kind of joked, you know, every draft has to have the Oakland Raiders or now the Vegas Raiders. So he just kind of, he was playing the Raiders card, playing the, the Al Davis card there when he took uh, Kareem Hunt out of left field in front of a bunch of players that would have been a much better fit. <laughs> Well, that's what's fun about it. And even time you know, talking this and again, comparing it to fantasy football and thinking about getting with your boys and and the one guy walks up to the board all confidently and puts it up and the rest of them just roast him and go either that guy's injured or what are you doing? You know, like yeah. he's the backup. And I so, took him two rounds uh, ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, great stories there. If you guys didn't get a chance, go over, listen to the full podcast. Um, I know it's on it's on my list here to catch up with it because that stuff is stuff I really dig into. Uh, I thought it was a really fun idea. And as you said, there's a couple other uh, programs doing it. So might as well do it out here in Los Angeles and get the guys together and do it. So really cool stuff. Ryan, always appreciate you coming on. Uh, look forward to talking to you again down the road. Guys, don't forget, you can find him on Twitter at Ryan Dirud, L-A-F-B. Uh, and yeah, appreciate you coming on, my man. Brad, you're the best. Appreciate you, dude. Stay uh, healthy, safe, and can't wait to talk to you again soon. Appreciate that. And guys, we'll be back next week with three more shows diving into some more fun stuff like this as well as news updates and everything happening with the Rams. So with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.